Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sport Intern Special, a series of podcasts in which we speak to the movers and shakers within the Olympic movement. In this episode, we speak to one of the most influential people in Olympic sports. He began his career playing tennis before becoming involved in the administration side with the International Tennis Federation. Today, he is the president of ASOIF, the Association of Summer Olympic International Federations. Our guest this week is Francesco Ricciabitti, and what better place to start our conversation than by talking about tennis and the ongoing furore surrounding Wimbledon and its ban on Russian and Belarusian players from taking part. People say sports should not to, should not have to do with politics. In my opinion, sport is politics because the relevance in the society of sport today has grown so much that we cannot escape our duty and our responsibility. So, in what we should be avoided greatly is that politics use sport. But I believe Wimbledon is a very very important. Uh, entity and surely they decide in their own independence, obviously consulting the government, uh, the UK government, but I would not envisage this as an interference. Surely this is a consensus and uh, I believe that we have to respect this decision. Uh, when you talk about um, um, sanctioning individual people, you are never right. So it's very difficult to say because the individual have never there is full responsibility for what is happening. But this really the situation is very serious and also sport has to act according also to the IOC recommendation, all the international federation and done have done their best. We have to be careful, we have to be vigilant because but in Europe at least the tradition is that sports has to interact. We cannot avoid to interact now. The relevance, as I said, of sport in society is so huge now and more and more, then we cannot avoid this. So we need interaction much more than in the past. Interaction means discussion, means debate. That doesn't mean all the time interference. We have to safeguard a sort of self-determination, I would say, more than autonomy. Autonomy is a word that perhaps is too strong and is not any more realistic but self-determination in all our major decisions is what we have to defend. That means politics should not try to use sport for their own purpose. In tennis, as the rule of the circuit, ATP, very, very rooted rule, are the, non the defense of non-discrimination. So you have to enter only on the basis of your ranking and your merits and not surely of any other factor. So, and this uh, strong uh, principle uh, suggests, uh, obviously, the player associations that are very strong in tennis, as you know, ATP and WTA, to take stance uh, defending uh, their own members. Uh, there is uh, ATP and WTA, they have a, a sort of physiological conflict of interest in themselves because they are business organizations when they organize the circuit and they are union when they, they, are, the, they are the association of the players. So. I would, I would not really overestimate this reaction that is understandable, 
And I also respect the decision of Wimbledon. So you are never right when you take decision and sanction with individual. You've been in this role since 2013, and I suppose you've probably had to have one of the toughest challenges, having to deal with the whole scenario with COVID when we had the lockdown. Um, would you say that that was perhaps the, the toughest time for you as the president so far? I would say the Olympic movement, not only Hazel, Hazel is a component. We are in a very important stakeholder. We represent the Summer Olympic Federation, so that means perhaps the most active in the sports side uh, stakeholder. But uh, I think I always repeat when I talk also with my friend, the President uh, Thomas Bach, that has been a so difficult time that I never, I would have never expected that at the end of the miracles that we have done in delivering games in full pandemic environment like the Tokyo Games, we would have fallen in a, in a war situation. So obviously this is unprecedented. We have dealt, in my opinion, well enough uh, with the pandemic uh, time that eat all our federations. There's more one because they were very depending from the Olympic contribution and the big one because they had cancellation of top events with a lot of income coming. They managed very well, with also with some help of the IOC and in some cases when needed. But in general, without, uh, even without a great support, uh, they managed very well. And we, as I said, deliver very difficult games. Now, now we are ready to go to Paris. We hope uh, the war if it's not, uh, uh, should not be getting to this time, I hope. It will, it will have an end much earlier and we are anyhow working very hard to prepare, as you said, in very difficult conditions. But this is our mission and we are very happy to contribute. Yeah, and, and I wonder what is the feeling like uh, right now? Because it does... Uh, seem like things are getting back to normal and uh, you know for the international federations uh, this is the moment for them to get back on track we have a very exciting summer uh, of events uh, do, do you sort of get a sense of that uh, feeling of everything being re-energized and kind of ready to go again after this sort of hiatus if you like of the of the coronavirus pandemic oh yes we we see that uh uh, we, we, we are going to really to normal, uh, as, you, as you said, except I would mean that the spirit and the atmosphere, since the war is on, could not be the same. And uh, you, you have everyday uh, athletes expressing uh, their uh, disappointment and frustration for this environment. In tennis in particular that I follow, I, I see the player between them, the debate between the... And we have to protect this because they are all right. Uh, all the position has some right. And uh, there is not <laughs> evangelo on this particular matter. And this obviously impact in the atmosphere that in sport is a very important component. You're very good at picking up the mood and getting a sense of uh, things, especially with your uh, international federations. And very recently you uh, produced a paper calling for more solidarity amongst the international federations. Well, what did you mean by that? What was, you, uh, what, what was your feeling or thinking that made you want to, to, to well, say that? The main, the main meaning of solidarity in this paper was really to represent the plus value of the European model of sport compared 
uh, with the other model, I would say, uh, the American-oriented and the Eastern. We call the Eastern the one including Russia, China, and uh, mostly uh, the part of the East, uh, part of the world. Solidarity, we meant uh, to say that the European model is the only one where, by definition and by law, the money generated by the top elite sport should be as much as possible to the grassroots to develop the game. So it's a circle. It's not, uh, uh, it's not separated. So elite sport should be linked to the grassroots and is a key factor to develop independently from other uh, authority. We recognize the two other components of the ecosystem of sport are surely the public authority and the commercial world. More and more, and you see the new trend that is very interesting, and we are studying this for your information uh, very deeply for the future, that is the venture capital interest in sports. It is recent, but very, very interesting if you want, uh, because I believe, partly because I believe that they can enter now a little bit cheap in sport is a difficult time, but uh, but a part of that I believe is very very is a great interest for sport. Means as I said that the relevance of our activity has become in the last ten years perhaps more important than in all its life. And I'm talking about the modern sport, obviously, uh, that has more than 100 years. So uh, we we have to face this new trend. The, the innovation and the interest of the business world, different kind of interest, not not simply sponsorship. And then, then we have to face this. So for this reason, I call solidarity because the challenge are coming when the money is coming. It's always like that. And so even the small, medium federation that has not yet created uh, a revenue-generating top elite sport could start facing this problem and they have to be ready. So we have to transfer know-how. We are a good tool to uh, good practice and uh, this is what we are trying to do. And are you sort of getting any feedback uh, from, I guess, certainly the smaller international federations uh, regarding that and in terms of uh, uh, the innovations? Or or perhaps uh, do you sense that there is a kind of a resistance to the model that you are supporting? Both both uh, factors that you say <laughs> are, there, are there. We should maximize the first one and minimize the second one. But anyhow, obviously, we we have to live with that. Uh, the nature of the nature of, of sport is also a little bit conservative. I would say in my in my long experience in sport. So uh, I believe that we have to live with that. But inside our team, our group, we have so much skill. Solidarity is a concept that is more and more um, trendy in, in our world. And uh, I believe that in each problem, in each big issue that, that we see coming, we have a great attention, obviously by the big federation that has uh, more resources, more time, more people, but a great attention, I can say, from the small federation. As I, as I said, the... The newcomer in the Olympic program, for instance, that are relatively small federation, are perhaps between the ones that are more, more careful to what's going on. And uh, they are very, very sensitive to any message that we try to send to help them.
And of course, because of uh, the lockdown that was imposed on sport, uh, a lot of federations are facing promotional challenges. Uh, but as you say, are also coming up with a lot of innovation and ideas. How much can you help them and support them uh, in in dealing and 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 sort of confronting head on uh, the sort of external funding challenges that they face? Oh yes, I believe that um, there are good signs. We should take also the positive side of the negative. And I would say that the COVID has been surely has done two great things. It has been an accelerator of the existing trend in any sense. And on the other side, it has been an enabler of, of looking at change inside. And change, I would say, in three categories, structure and organization, uh, sport itself, and innovation in terms of technological uh, t- technology. So the, the, this brings to a monetization of a new asset, if you want, in terms of media, diversification of the media, content, distribution, has created a lot of ideas, new ideas. And in my opinion, this is a good side of the bad things. Uh, they always create motivation to change. And uh, as I said, since the sport is a convers- relatively con- conservative world, I believe that we have to take also this small uh, advantage of this uh, negative period for the positive motivation that has brought to our structure and organizations. So looking at the positives and negatives, in what way can international federations, you feel, better engage with the sports industry and how well versed should they become in seeing the trends and respond to that in ways that actually help them? I think the key to me, the most important now is surely the, what, I, what I call, I like to call share intelligence innovation. That means the fan engagement. This what the sponsorship want. Sponsor is not anymore a static, a static actor. They are partner. So fan engagement, media consumption, attitude, e-sport. If you want, we are as you know, we are work very hard in this field to help our federation to understand a little bit better how to get involved in this new and unknown uh, world. And this, to me, is the, is the key new area. The area of the shared intelligence innovation means we need to know, like the consumer product, what our consumer wants. And, uh, and, uh, and this uh, was a little bit disregarded in the past based on the strength of our product, uh, purely based on great athlete, great performance. We, it's not enough now. We have to to dress with more knowledge about the intelligence from our consumers. Well, that was Francesco Ricci giving us his thoughts. And next week, we'll hear part two of our conversation with the ASOF president. Don't forget, you can get all the latest news from the world of sport by subscribing to the Sport Inter newsletter, produced every day, Monday to Friday. So, until next time, stay safe. Stay safe.